All right, this is episode four of the Neil Berkeley podcast. Thank you for everyone that has watched and let or watched, listened, and let me know you listened. Take the time to give me a call and let me know what you think. Your thoughts are very appreciated. This is, like I said, a work in progress, and it's going to get better. Uh, I enjoy doing it. Um, we'll have music soon, and maybe even some sound effects. Uh, and maybe even a, a button I can push when I cough. But today, uh, exciting episode, we have a good friend of mine, Wayne White, star of my very first documentary, the very first thing I ever did in film, Beauty's Embarrassing, and uh, his good friend and also star of Beauty's Embarrassing, P. Michael Quinn. Um, this is a fun one. Uh, but before that, I want to talk about some things that, that we talk about in the episode, in our conversation, and Wayne is especially suited for this topic because he's an artist, and artists are well-suited for times like this, but it's the idea of reinvention. It's the idea that this this very strange time that I know is is painful and difficult for a lot of people, and I don't want to speak without uh, accept, realizing that and, and letting you know that I understand that. But this is an amazing time in everyone's life. It's, it's, it's a government-mandated two- or three-month reprieve from everything else that you have to do in life that might not be what you want to be doing all the time. And you're going to hear a lot about this, and people are going to talk about this, because as soon as it's over... We're going to be hit full on with every commercial and every ad and every article begging us to go back to normal and go back to whatever job we had or thing we did or our stuff we consumed. They're going to be begging us to, to go back to doing that. And I just want to personally think of what else I can be doing. Because I look around and I think a lot of people are enjoying this time. They're kind of not not the fear, not the not the the concern about money. Of course, that's not enjoyable, but I think people do like getting up and exercising and they do like figuring out a new thing to do with their day. And I think people like making sourdough bread. <laughs> you know? And whatever other hobby or thing you figured out, the fact is no one's out there digging ditches for kicks right now, you know? So everyone gets this chance to look around and figure out what they're going to do. And the reality is in a few months when we have to go back to work or we all go back to it, maybe instead of trying to figure out how you squeeze times like this into your day or your week or your life, you try and figure out how you squeeze work in. Um, I think and I hope that this is a way for people to like reinvent. And I know the stakes are a lot higher for people with mortgages and big bills and, and kids and families to, to feed. Of course, it's harder to do. But you look at like the great artists that we love, like the David Bowies, when he was 
David Bowie and then he was Ziggy Stardust and you know then he was the Thin White Duke and he recreated himself all the time and you look at Bob Dylan who went electric and then became a Christian and then became the guy who never leaves the road um we love these people we love that they reinvent and and even like <laughs> I was fascinated with that Taylor Swift documentary that came out how when she talked about as a woman as a female performer having to reinvent like society forcing her to reinvent but it, you know she had to consciously come up with something new uh and still does but but this is everyone in the world getting a chance to think about who they want to be and what they want to be like it's like what about these little things what about these little decisions we can make these micro decisions that can affect how we approach our day or how people perceive us i mean i don't know i don't know what that means but i just feel like this is an amazing time right now if you if you have the right perspective and if you're not going through hell as some of us are but i just i think a lot about you know today's april 16th and here in la we were told that we have until may 15th so that's less than a month to come up with that thing or do that thing or even just spend that month getting it out of your system so you can go back to normal and feel good about yourself, what you did. But to me, it's like I was kind of happy when they extended it two more weeks because <clears throat> that's, oh, that's two more weeks to, to figure this out. That's two more weeks to decide what we're going to do with ourselves or what I'm going to do with myself. You know, am I going to get those books read? Am I going to get those miles run? Am I going to get those courses learned? You know, am I going to get those these podcasts recorded? Um, what are you going to be when you come out of this? What does your resume look like? What is your personal bio? How does it read? What did you add to it? These are the questions that I'm asking myself. Um, and I hope I'm held to that. I hope people hear this and remind me that I said those things or that I thought those things or that I, I wanted for those things. You know, let's add accountability to it and not to make someone feel bad for not accomplishing something. Don't do that. <clears throat> but I think it's a chance for us all to, to look at what we're doing um, for the rest of our lives. And are there things that we're doing right now that, that might feel good if we got up every day and added them to our to-do list? It's easier said than done. It's easier for some people, of course, but it's something I'm asking myself a lot because, mark my words, man, as soon as the the gates get lifted or the chains come off, the, there's, there's lots of people out there that are going to make sure you go back to normal and you slide back into that dog path that you walked every day and you spent that money that you spent every day and you buy those things that you bought every day and if you don't, they're going to be upset. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people whose pockets aren't as filled because you're not doing what you did three months before the shit hit the fan. So, so I don't know. That's 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 my little rant about that. And Wayne and I are going to get into it. But first, uh, thank you for sitting through that. I'll, maybe I'll do that every time. <laughs> uh, but... Um, Wayne and I will talk about that, but more importantly, uh, here's a little bit from the film I made with Wayne about Wayne called Beauty is Embarrassing, where 
he talks about this very same thing. This is um, this is uh, what kicks off his adventure in the movie. This is him accepting the call. I'm just as insecure as anybody in a lot of ways. Everybody's insecure. But there has to be this other kind of faith in yourself. And I always take this big cosmic view. Man, you're only going to be alive if you're lucky 80, 90 years. And then that's it. That's all you get. So why not? Why does it fucking matter? I can do anything I want to do, you know? Fuck, man. Get on it. Let's go. There's times running out. So here we are. This was a nice and smooth, easy process, right? Uh, sweet, man. They call me Mr. Tech. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how have you gone this long without having to hook up your Zoom? And it seems like the only way anyone communicates these days. Yeah, I'm just not Zooming, I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The beard looks fantastic. Thanks. Are you cutting your hair and just not your beard? No, I'm not cutting anything. Yeah. The hair was pretty short to begin with, so my beard stops growing. When it gets about this length, it just stops and doesn't it doesn't do what yours does. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I grew mine out for my show in January because I wanted it to match the puppet I was making. And then I just left it alone since. Yeah. I don't know how long it'll get. It gets kind of wavy. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> So yeah, um, thanks for doing this. I I, I think <clears throat> I, I think I mentioned this to you. I feel like whenever someone starts a podcast, all their friends go, "Oh man, they're gonna yeah. ask me to do their podcast." <laughs> yeah, you're right. Is that what you did? <laughs> I said, "Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I did." Yeah. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be getting a call to join some podcast soon. Um, but thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah, no, I've enjoyed doing it. It's fun. Um, I would have been, I would have been, uh, I would have pouted if you hadn't called me. So, all right, that's good. Um, yeah. So how, how are you in the age of Corona? Uh, you know, pretty good. I'm just like most artists. I'm just doing what I always do. Working at home, working alone, working all day alone by myself. Yeah, but um, I'm not going to gloat because I would much rather have the world going on around me, you know, like everybody else. I mean, you and Mimi have been working from home like this. This is this is not that the workday anyway is not that abnormal for you guys, right? No, the workday is no different at all. It's just yeah. you know the, the reality beyond our house is you know grim. So, what do you? So uh, let me get your thoughts on this though. You've you've seen. Every financial crisis, every collapse. You you lived through the L.A. earthquake. Yeah, like you've seen uh, calamities, right? I've seen a few, but I'm not going to brag about it. You know, I, I I was unlucky enough to live through the earthquake and and uh, things like that. But uh, uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I I, I just I think it's. Um, this is unique for everybody yeah. and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm experiencing freshly like everybody else. And it's very weird. Yeah, it is. Um, but you're keeping yourself busy. you got it. You're uh, the new Wayne white puppet show. Oh yeah. I'm always busy. Yeah. I've always got something to do, you know, yeah. like, like all artists, 
my work is my my studio and i'm yeah i'm starting a a new do-it-yourself at home puppet show that i'm showing on the internet and uh it's funny because I use these, these, these homemade puppet shows have always been sort of a go-to for me ever since I was like 19, 20 years old. Whenever there's a crisis in my life, I kind of revert to the, to these things, you know, it kind of helps me deal with it, you know, in a weird way. I've just now kind of realized that actually, when I first moved to New I, I did them first in, in school when I was very unhappy with art school and I wanted something to be excited about get me you know going and then i did them in new york just as a survival technique to stay alive and keep people interested in my art and pay attention to me and now i'm using it as a sort of a coping device to reach out to the world and stay connected with the world well that's interesting because that that's sort of what you did with uh in beauty is embarrassing like when you're when we were making that Remember you came up with that stage show and then you did that video with that shame ray puppet, like to interpret yeah. the right? Was that a winning right. like channeling? Yeah, puppets I never realized this until just recently when I started this new show, is they are a form of uh therapy for me almost or something. You know, I, I it's something I know I can do uniquely. You know, nobody quite does it like me, so that's kind of a point of pride and it's also a point of like, hey, here I am. I'm alive still too, and uh, I'm, I'm and I can offer you something that nobody else can offer. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I can't quite analyze it correctly is there, yet. Is there a level of honesty that those puppets can have that that you might not? <laughs> you know, like they they can say things to you. They can say they can make fun of you. Or they can take. They can talk. You know, like that, that shame ray puppet says, "Oh, you like a girl." He said all those things that those old men said to you. Yeah. Yeah, that was a kind of a way of uh, of dealing with uh, my the my past in a yeah. way, but it's not it's not directly that it's not that direct kind of therapy like that. It's not like they're saying stuff I can't say. Uh, it, they're doing things that nobody else does. You know, yeah. I, I, I dare to say that, but I, my stuff, my puppets, don't look like anybody else's puppets exactly. Right. You know. So that gives me a feeling of that uh, I can contribute something, you know. There's something I've been wanting to ask you about lately, and th I think this is a, a unique time in everyone's life where the I've been thinking about this a lot, where the world and the universe and everything is forcing everyone to really, or or to have an opportunity to to really take stock and take inventory and possibly yeah. reinvent. And I've talked to you about this a lot, like those word paintings you do, you've said you've kind of felt not trapped in them, but, but being able to reinvent and do something else as an artist, what does that mean? Like when you see like Bowie reinventing and becoming someone else, like for you, what is that, what is that like? And is there fear in that? Like everyone has that chance to come out of this someone else or a different or improved person. Like what's that like as an artist to want to recreate and reinvent? That's, that's been my thing ever since yeah. I've tried to become it ever since, like I said earlier, ever since I was 20 years old, I've all been about invention and reinvention. And I've always been excited by artists that reinvent themselves and keep it fresh and change and become new, like David Boy or Bob Dylan or the painter, Philip Gustin. Um, 
there's a whole long list of it. And, and uh, I really admire that reinvention. You know, uh, I know there's a marketplace and you have to kind of repeat yourself to stay alive and make money. But the real point of the game is to keep inventing, keep it fresh and, 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 and keep trying to find something new. And this whole crisis that we're going through is challenging everybody's inner resources. You know, what have yeah. you got inside you? What can you pull out of yourself? You know, and that's what an artist does all the time. If, you, if he's doing, if she, he or she is doing it right, they're always trying to find, uh, they're always trying to tap their inner resources, you know. Don't you think people should do that though? Like we kind of get we we get these expectations put on us by society. Like you're supposed to look like this, and you're supposed to do this job and fill this role. Like this is the square peg that you're fitting in the square hole. Like you think people should do that on their own and try and well, if they if they got it in, I'm sure. But you know, and I'm not going to judge because a lot of people don't, and that's all right. You know. I mean, that's why there's artists. If everybody was like me, I'd be out of a job, you know? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> most people, and again, I'm not judging, but most people rely on an institution to plug themselves into. You know, an artist doesn't have, the only institution an artist needs are the galleries and the museums to show their work in. Other than that, we are our own factory. We create our own product. We don't have to rely on anybody else to, uh, to make something right how scary is that though to come up with a new idea and want to put it out in the world knowing that this other thing was so successful and popular is it anxiety oh it's there? it's exciting it's not scary at all yeah it's kind of like uh fuck you if you don't like it you know you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna yeah I, that's 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 like uh that separates the artist from the not artist because the the artist faces constant rejection and he, and he or she uh, knows she's right, so she just keeps putting it out there until somebody likes it. She knows she's right. Is that is that why you when you're you because your shows aren't like most artists where you do your new paintings or your new sculpture or whatever your your shows there's the paintings you do a puppet you'll do a little show like you paint the whole gallery sometimes. Yeah. Is that why you do that? Just to put as much out there? I like to put on a show. I, you know, I don't see any difference between what I'm doing in the galleries now and what I used to do on TV. Uh, I know that's blasphemy, but I don't. Uh, art is a show, you know, and uh, I, I approach it like that. And I want people to, uh, I want to put on a show, period. Yeah. You know, and I'll I'll do every I'll 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 pull out all my tricks and uh, yeah I'm not a I'm not I don't look for some kind of purity you know I just I'm an entertainer and uh, yeah I am I know uh, I've, I've we covered that before in the movie yeah. about how entertainment is a dirty word in the art world yeah but so what. Uh, I, I secretly think that way all the time, though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anybody. So, so what are you up to? What were you doing before the world came to a screeching halt? What, I know you had a show recently that did pretty well, but what else? What are you up to these days? Well, um, yeah, I just had a show. 
in New York and uh, right before the, the big meltdown. And so that was my last big thing before the world changed. Uh, I am still, you know, looking to um, make drawings and paintings and yeah. uh, have shows. That's, that's, that's really it, you know, and I'm really kind of hoping maybe something comes of this puppet show. I, I wouldn't mind getting back into show business somehow if I could, yeah. if I could do my own thing. And so if anyone's seen Beauty is Embarrassing, in that you do the stage show and you build giant puppets. You're, so talk about your life, uh, that becoming part of your career. And you started filling up galleries with these big installations and museums. And you, you were do, you, I think, you, are you still doing the, live, the stage show? Yes. And the stage show is all because of you. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> that was the big changing point in my life because of you in the movie you're the one who uh helped me put that stage show together excuse me and um you're the one who coached me and directed me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i couldn't have done that stage show without you absolutely and uh that's and i've been doing it ever since 2011 you know and uh uh, I, it's changed a little bit. I, I put in new material from time to time, but the basic structure of the show is kind of the same. The gags are the same and everything. So being a, a stage performer as a, just a, doing a talk, that's because of you in the movie. And yeah, that's, that's been good for business, I guess. And but uh, the evolution of that is interesting because there's, there's little snippets of it in the movie and beauty is embarrassing, but when you were doing that, it wasn't meant to be part of the movie. Remember, you were, we, when we first started, I was following you around by myself, and yeah. you were touring, doing those little talk, the little talk for Todd Oldham's coffee table book that had just come yeah. out. And it wasn't very good either. No. Well, uh, <laughs> but you would sit in front of a screen, but we, remember we'd go to like bars. Remember there's a couple of times we went to yes. smoke filled bars in the middle of the day with day drinkers. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the guys from Lamb Shop. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. They would People play- talking at the bar, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they would play, they would pl- noodle around and you would do your thing. But it, no, wasn't- it was, her- it wasn't very good at all. It was not structured. It rambled on. And you said, man, we got to whip this into shape. <laughs> no. <laughs> what I said was, I said, man, if you, if you put some biographical stuff in there, like talked about your mom and dad and college and Pee Wee, then, yeah. then maybe, maybe we, could, we could make it part of the movie. And so then it started to become more and more biographical. Yeah, and that's where you helped me shape it. And you yeah. directed me also. It's like, you look mad. You know, <laughs> you're oh, coming yeah. on very angry, Wayne, you know, <laughs> stuff that I'd never thought of in a million years. And you were right. You know, I came <laughs> pretty fucked up and uh, you, you literally were a stage director and, yeah. and, and, and we shaped it into a little kind of dramatic play almost, you know, and had, a, had all the standard stand up stuff, like the callback at the end and all this yeah. stuff. And, I think uh, that was so fun because that was such a uh, looking back. Everyone, it, people love that movie and really react to it. And it's so humbling. But but there were the stakes were so low. Like I didn't know. It never felt like we were really making a documentary, right? Because it was always just me and you, right? 
Yeah. The stakes were completely low. Nobody cared. <laughs> no. Wayne who? You know, I I didn't even think you were going to pull it off, really. I was just kind of playing along, you know. It was yeah. kind of it was fun to hang out with you and have a pal yeah. come around and talk and you know. We we had I think that's why maybe it worked so well because we weren't trying to you know, we weren't we did we didn't know what we were doing. It was honest and real and it, and it came through, I think. No idea what I was doing. And then and then like the stage show, it never felt like you we could you couldn't do a stage show. It was all oh yeah, let's just do this. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's add the banjo. Let's, oh, wear a suit. You want to wear a suit? Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was very like, yeah, sure. Why not? Why can't we do this? Yeah, and you gave me the confidence to make that leap to 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 shape wow. it into a show. And it yeah. really did. I mean, it's a, it's been a TED talk. I've done it at least 50 times all across the country in, in really? schools. Oh yeah, at least. Really? 50 it's, times? I would say, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, 40, yeah. 50. Yeah, yeah, still. And and uh, I've done it at countless schools and galleries and, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, it, I never, and I never set out to do that either, you know, but people really respond to it. It's, it's, it changed my life. Well, t- well, that's 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 nice to hear. Talk, talk about though the the um, what you're also doing the, these big installations that you've been doing, and like you did one in Oklahoma City, you, where you go in and you pick some historical thing, and you've done it many times, right? I've done about eight or nine of those. Uh, can't even remember how many of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where when you first got on board with the doc idea was when I was doing my first big one in, in Houston, uh, the right. world's largest George Jones head, big, big electric fan to keep me cool while I sleep. That was my first big one. And that was in 2009 and, uh, I've done eight cents and yeah, I, I travel to cities. Usually it's sponsored by a museum. Sometimes it's sponsored by a university, and I do an installation and it's always based on a local history of the place because I like history as a story and it's a great storytelling device. And I'll do a, a big puppet and set installation on their local history. You know, like in York, Pennsylvania, I did one about how the rebels invaded York in the civil war in Oklahoma city. I did it about a rodeo down in Florida. I did it about uh, this old governor of Florida and Everglades, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, those are a continuing thing. In fact, that's one of the, my favorite. And then, of course, I did Wayne Arama in Chattanooga, my hometown, which was a celebration of the history of Chattanooga. And it really is my favorite thing to do because it pulls everything together painting and drawing and sculpture and puppets and and it's it people just go nuts for it you know it's great i I love the reaction they're big and they're interactive talk about the scale they're they're huge you know like i I usually get a giant 1300 square feet or more kind of interior space even bigger really 3000 square feet and uh I build um, a big immersive environment, you know, that a person can walk into and uh, big puppets that you can pull ropes and make them move and, and masks that you can wear and 
uh, like the one I, the one I saw in Oklahoma City, there was a cowboy there that had to be fifty feet long. Yeah, that that was cubist cowboys riding uh, horses and bulls and stuff, and they were all interacting <laughs> to pull ropes and make those move. That was called Halo Amuck, which yeah. is an anagram of Oklahoma. And uh, yeah, I like I said, it's pretty much what I was doing when I was a set designer and a puppet designer for kids TV. You know, building sets and puppets. Only this time, I get to call all the shots. Yeah. I think that that that's a, that's a bit of a lesson. Like thinking about when it was low stakes, it, it is less fun when there's stakes and rules. Like even going back to like when you talk about the Pee Wee days, you guys didn't really know what you were doing or how to really make television. So yeah. you're just kind of trying it, isn't that? Because like, that's what you do in your studio all day is just do stuff that you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, no, 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 uh, no blueprint. You know, yeah. make it up as you go along, get, make your own blueprint, you know, invention, you know, that's, that's the key word for me is invention. You know, as a kid, I wanted to be Thomas Edison. He was like one of my heroes. You know, I was, I thought I was going to be an inventor for a while, yeah. you know, coming up with uh, something that nobody has quite thought of yet. I don't know. Well, that's why like all this time everyone has not to, not to discount what's going on and that some people are having a hard time, but I just hope. People are trying to take advantage of not having any stakes, you know, or any rules. I know it puzzles me as someone who does his own thing, how people can sit around and just throw their hands up. Oh, I'm just going to put my sweatpants on and do a giant <laughs> jigsaw puzzle. I mean, that's yeah. what your life is. You know, <laughs> come on, man. You need yeah. somebody to do you need. Are you really that defined by your job? You know, yeah. that's kind of weird and sad. Yeah. That people just, they think it's, they, they think they just have time to kill. Yeah. But and, now we've all got two, ma a mandatory one, two, ma who knows, maybe three months to, to look around and try something else. Yeah. With no, with, with no, with no stakes, no outcome, no rules. Yeah. And I think it's time that people kind of question what they're doing in this world you're making a jigsaw puzzle come on man <laughs> yeah you know this isn't time to kill this is time to live and, and do shit you know and don't yeah. let the system define you but uh, like i said i'm not going to judge most people need the system to define them they just yeah. do well there's also like i, I it, totally appreciate that people have kids and mortgages and there there are yeah. things you have to but but no one's there's no expectations right now for that stuff they, like it's like yeah. you get, everyone has a, a, a pass they do they have and again it's time to dig it dig deep you know yeah and don't just don't just kill time you know this is a gift in a weird way hell i'm worried to death myself about everything you know yeah. money you know What's going to happen? You know, we're we're losing money like every, like everybody else. I'm losing tons of dough, and uh, uh, I'm worried too. But I got shit to do. You know, <laughs> I've got little dolls to make. You know, <laughs> <laughs> to play with the you know to play with my little dollies and make my little pictures. And, yeah. So are you, are you, are all the puppet shows, the last one you did was about the the COVID. Are they all going to be about t current times? Or are they going to go abstract? Not necessarily. No, I don't want to, I don't want to have every one of them be a 
uh, a plague joke or something. Uh, they're, they're just going to be free form, but they'll all, all have the same format. They'll all, all be a minute or less long and they'll all have uh, very, they're very visual, not a lot of talking. Yeah. They'll all have a little, uh, at least three gags and then a, t- and then a tag at the end. You know, I'm trying to keep them tight and funny, not just some rambling bullshit, you know? Right. Plus no hand puppets. Yeah. <laughs> no furry, fuzzy, uh, <laughs> Muppet based hand puppetry. None of that. Yeah. No. Uh, all, yeah. Just, just explain that. The, the, the Muppets have a very specific look. I don't like the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Contro- I, I finally, some controversy on the podcast. <laughs> I said it, my God. I have not look. I think Jim Henson was a genius. Yeah. I, and I totally respect the Muppets; they're fantastic. But I have no affection for them. I'm I'm too. I'm not the Sesame Street. I'm just too old for Sesame Street. So I never bonded with them as a child. And they just invaded puppetry, and now everybody copies of them. You know, it's like. Are you talking about the 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 structure, the form of them, or I'm the... talking about the look and okay. the ad- everything about them? They just like talking about viruses that's a yeah. puppet virus you know the muppets <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> uh so did you, when you were making peewee did you intentionally avoid that look was yes. it look hot it was yeah yes that was our rallying cry no muppets cherry and, might have been the most muppet just because yeah, it was a chair and she was like had the soft fuzzy fleece thing yeah. going on yeah but we were looking back for from to pre Muppet stuff, one of my heroes was Bill Baird or Bard. I'm not sure uh, that uh, who was a great puppeteer from the '50s. Um, but you know, I don't want to talk shop about puppets. You know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. so uh, who are some of your? Uh, let's let's talk about your influences. That's an interesting list because um, it's not who you might expect. But who who do you look up to in the art world? Well, Red Grooms is one of my biggest heroes. Uh, I'm always dismayed when people don't know who he is. It's mostly younger people. Uh, he's he's a, also from Tennessee. He's from Nashville. And he also uh, used to build giant installations, giant immersive installations. One of his most famous was called Ruckus Manhattan at the Whitney Museum in the 70s. He's done several, uh, and that's who I'm emulating when I do yeah. my installations is Red. Also, my puppetry is very much influenced by Red. Uh, he, him and his wife, Mimi Gross, at the time, did an incredible movie called Fat Feet that has been a sort of a touchstone for me. It's like, uh, so I love Red. Uh, and I used to work, I worked for Red too. I, I, when I first moved to New York, I was one of his assistants and the, and I've modeled my whole career on that. You know, I, I hire assistants to help me do these yeah. big installations, just like I was hired by him. I even, uh, you know, he even taught me a lot of life lessons about how to deal with other artists and deal with assistants and just, uh, his whole style. I, I just, uh, I was, I was a real devotee of his. I still am. And I just love him. So I think he's my biggest influence as an artist. Like I met, the guy I mentioned earlier, Philip Gustin, I love him because of this incredible change 
reinvention he made in the 60s, going from an abstract expressionist into this kind of cartoon expressionism. Philip Guston fans will know what I'm talking about. Uh, I love Bob Dylan because he's Mr. Reinvention. He invented himself over and over. He was my first sort of rebellious rock and roll figure that I latched on to in like the seventh grade. Yeah. Uh, do you follow any contemporary art? Do you keep up with it at all? I do. I do. Um, uh, this question always flummoxes me. I'm, I'm, my brain snaps shut every time I try to think of somebody some name but i i follow i follow art in general i'm i'm a big art history nerd too i love the history of art yeah i remember we when we were i forget what one of the film festivals we went to we were walking around the mall in dc and there was there's if you've been there there's sculptures everywhere and you were like pointing out and naming every artist that designed oh, yeah. made every sculpture oh yeah that was easy because they're all real famous yeah. but i'm pretty i'm pretty good at the, the minor league guys and gals too yeah uh, i i used to be a big sports fan when i was a kid i just kind of transferred that that kind of allegiance and that kind of you know name and number kind of uh worship into the art world woodrow is uh becoming an artist well has always been an artist but he's really coming into his own these days he is he's doing really great he just finished uh illustrating a kid's book by uh dave eggers wow of, and uh is, and has been working closely with dave eggers and it's a beautiful book uh, i think it'll be out in the fall and uh he has have, has has had several painting shows where he sells out his paintings yeah and he's just, he's the they're, man. They're watercolors, you know? right? Uh, watercolors and acrylic on canvas. Yeah, those and pool paintings he does are incredible. He is, the, he is really good. Yeah. He's, a, he's a better painter than I am. Really? I think so. He's a really great colorist. And uh, he's, he's over in uh, East L.A. Uh, uh, riding it out over there at his <laughs> apartment. And he's doing great. My daughter, Lulu, she graduated from uh, Cooper Union a few years ago. and Unfortunately, she's stuck in Queens right now, which is not the best place in the world. But she's, she's doing fine. We, we talk to her every day. And uh, she's a sculptor and a painter also. And uh, unfortunately, this kind of thing hit her right when she was starting to emerge as an artist. So hopefully she'll get back really? on her feet feet again and Mimi's working on another book Mimi is working on a book about the Mitford sisters which is one of her obsessions is this family of six or seven oh, don't tell her I forgot six or seven sisters from an aristocratic English family that are real eccentric and crazy and she's doing this beautiful graphic novel about them right now upstairs as we speak and what about Mike Quinn? Do you still talk to Mike Quinn? <laughs> yes, I do talk to Mike Quinn all the time. And I see Mike at least once or twice a year when I go to Tennessee. His, oh, really? Yeah, his beautiful home in Tennessee is still one of my favorite destinations of all time. And, yeah, uh, that that that's one of those moments. Like, There's so many things that I do making these documentaries that I'm like, oh, I got to be there. 
It's uh, oh, hold on one sec. Mike's trying to join in. Hold on one sec. Hey, Mike, thanks for thanks for doing this. We were just talking about you. <laughs> well, good. I <laughs> hope it was something like you know, entertaining. How's uh? D- tell us where you are. Um, you're you're near where Bonnaroo is, right? I think where Bonnaroo is probably about fifteen fifteen miles northwest of uh, of Bonnaroo proper. Uh, I'm just so in a little place called Gosberg. Uh, so you're, uh, Mike Quinn, uh, if anyone's seen beauty is embarrassing, you're the guy, Wayne's friend from college has known each other forever. You also have the topless painted van that we rode around your beautiful land with or in. Yes. You still have it? it yes. I have the, I have the, the, uh, carcass. Oh. <laughs> it don't go no more. Just, oh. No, I killed it. I oh. let its blood run dry. <laughs> so oh how, how are how are things going with you? How's are you still teaching? Right, I'm trying to man. You know, we shut down the school about three weeks ago um, and cleared the campus, and we're trying to do the online learning thing like every other educational institution. And it's been rumpy bumpy, but we're getting along okay. It's got to be especially hard with what you do because you're teaching art, right? So there's a whole like hands-on craft to it all. Well, there's supposed to be. I mean, in in the classroom, I get behind their heads and try to see what they're seeing when we're doing them, you know, realistic drawing and things. But for other classes, they're pretty much on their own and they just consult with me for ideas and materials and stuff like that. And so those those things aren't so bad. And um, I'm I'm pretty much just trying to go project oriented and and letting them have control of what they're doing as much as I can and consulting them along the way. They've got so much that's out of control now, and everybody's telling them to do this and do that. And if they can somehow get a grip on some aspect of their lives with all this other insanity that's going on, I feel like that will work okay. And you still have, uh, well, Wayne behind him has a relic from Beauty's Embarrassing, that Lyndon Johnson, but you still have that Sawney puppet. I hear you still bring it out every now and then. Well, he's pretty much, <laughs> he's hanging in the classroom. I don't know how much he's going to be walking around again. He, he's got the crap beat out of him. In fact, he's hanging up now, and he's got a light on his face, and he's staring out of these big windows. <laughs> he's, he's the light of hope in the coronavirus um, imprisonment of us all. Yeah, I, I should show you that picture. So you, br- <laughs> you, you, you bring him out, a, you were bringing him out a lot still? Well, we were. I mean, we, we were marching him around. You know, he, he made it to Washington, D.C. and he get around Bell Buckle and he'd make it to um, the International Puppet Festival. He got the crap beat out of him at the International Puppet Festival. And what I suspect is there was a fisticuffs with another giant puppet. And, uh, I I just loaned him out to the to the Nashville folks, and when he came back, he was just he was just busted up, man. He's he don't got that smart mouth. So what what are your what are your thoughts on all? I think you're you, you were from what I remember, you were a very positive influence, a very positive person. What are your thoughts on to help everyone getting through all this? Oh man, I don't know. I feel kind of badly because we're we're you know we're stuck out here in this in these woods you know it's just like okay i can get out and around and so most folks are hanging out in a room and if they can go around the block they're lucky Um, yeah yeah mike's that mike's at the perfect place for this situation 
he's in We've surrounded by apocalypse. What's that? <laughs> We've been planning for this apocalypse. <laughs> and violets and hickory nuts. He's How surrounded much? by he's surrounded by paradise out there. Hundreds of acres. Beautiful. Well, paradise in some spots, that's for sure. But I don't know, man. As long as everybody's staying in touch with each other, you know, every, everybody will get through. It's interesting to see the evolution of all the entertainment and and uh, and online connectedness and and look at everybody's closets and bedrooms as we're uh, as we're heading through this thing. That's what we were talking about. Wayne and I were talking a little bit earlier about how it's sort of an opportunity, like a forced opportunity, to figure out what you want to do and try something new and experiment and, and play around with life and work. It is. And, and, you know, Wayne's puppet show that he just put up there on Instagram is a good example of that. That thing is, is just choice. <laughs> it's so good about coming up with things like that and, and dealing with our situations and keeping us, keeping us going in these trying times. Yeah. yeah we I, I, good Wayne. We were just talking about that, how artists, you know, this is business as usual for artists mm-hmm. because we have our own resources. You know, we, we, we are our own resource. We, we make, we're a, a walking, talking factory. We make our own product. You know, mm-hmm. we don't rely on an institution or a structure, you know, we're, you know, to do our thing. Right. And, and then I got all judgmental on everybody else. Like, come on, man. Of course. <laughs> Drop the fucking jigsaw puzzles and do something with your life. No, Wayne, you got it. You're just mad because you don't have those word paintings generated as a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it was one of my jigsaw puzzles, yes. Yeah, that's right. I see them coming, man. I see them coming. You need to get those ordered up from China. Oh. <laughs> But what I think honestly is interesting about this and what I, I think that the, the corporate power sphere is that maybe we will realize that we just don't need all this crap. Yeah. And we, we can get along and, and we don't have to buy a bunch of junk in order to live and enjoy each other. Yeah. Yeah. Homemade, you know, do it yourself. I think that's going to be one of the big lessons, hopefully, maybe do it yourself, you know. Um, well, and also... Know human connections man when we lived on the islands that was one of the things in in island life is that you know folks just got together and and had celebrations and enjoyed and spent a lot of time enjoying their own humanity uh instead of buying crap to try to make them forget about their humanity so i don't anyway that's just that's my cranky take on it neil no i think you're right i think it's amazing how quickly people figured out how to connect and how, how quickly they needed to, how quickly can, and not just like work, like work was the first day. Okay. How are we going to have meetings? And then like the next day it was, okay, how am I going to talk to my family? Let's do a family reunion call. Let's do a game night. Let's do a happy hour. Like so quickly people were figuring out how to just to look each other in the eye. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope that it will change people for the better. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It'll take us for a minute. We'll go back to whatever. I, yeah, the economy stabilized. Yeah. I, 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 again, I, I'm. I, I have to check myself for judging because you know I'm no I'm no saint myself. I, 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 I like junk food and crap too. You know, 
Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think it's judging. I mean, that's, that's, that's that's your way of just you know getting people fired up to to try something. I don't think it was judgmental at all. I hope everybody can find a little project they can do that's not like you know for money or for the boss or yeah just for themselves you know yeah and people do have short memories and i'm sure a lot of people will forget and go back to normal but even if a small percentage i don't know i'm i'm hopeful and positive i think some good stuff's going to come out of this well yeah yeah i mean this is my world and this is my <laughs> world too you know the do-it-yourself world you know we make our own fun you know always have <laughs> So are you the, out on the? Are you out on your deck, Mike? Yes. Nice. I came out because it's a nice day, and Priscilla's doing an online class on human trafficking for her oh. work inside. <laughs> She's got to do training for her uh, for her school. Learn how to traffic humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be our second income. <laughs> We're gonna be nice though. See, do it yourself. That's what I'm talking about. We're gonna get creative with them. Work from home to help us with our sculptures. <laughs> Wait, so Mike, where did you live when you were living on the islands? We lived out in Saipan, out okay. in Micronesia, above Guam, above uh, you know, um, about 120 miles above Guam. And are you? Can you talk about the what you those, those dolphins you tapped into? Can you talk about that? Oh Jesus! What? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I mean, Mike. I can talk about it. It's a long story. But you <laughs> tapped. You want to know? You, you took a stick and tapped them into your body, right? The tattoos. No, no well, yeah, part of it. Maria Yatar started it, and then another uh, Filipino artist outlined it, and then I, I just filled it in with needles and doing the stick and poke with the uh, bamboos and needles because it was cheaper that way. And, but <laughs> how many of them are? They go all over your body, right? No, there's just, well, there's a set on each yeah. leg, down the legs, and then it goes up to my chest, and, no, oh, it's just, you know, it's just silliness. Don't get a tattoo till you're 40 years old, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how old you were when you got it? I don't know. I was something like that, but all these, all these high school kids keep getting all these tattoos, and I'm thinking, come on, friends, you're still young. You're going to have all these things all over your body forever, and maybe you'll enjoy them. I don't know. I enjoy it, but I don't know. But you tapped it into your body with a bamboo stick? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wrap needles on the end of a bamboo stick and bum, 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 bum. Or a, wow. or a skewer, you know, chopsticks. I use chopsticks. Yeah, bamboo chopsticks. Yeah, man. He tattooed himself. He's a badass. <laughs> no, I'm just cheap, man. It's just cheap. It's a lot cheaper to do it that way. He did it old school. And how long were you over there? We lived over there for about six years. And you had kids over there, right? We took them when they were three and five years old. And then they came back when they were just in time for middle school. What were you uh, doing? Were you working? Yeah. My wife, Priscilla, she had a job uh, teaching special ed over there. That's what got us over there. And then I ended up teaching in the in the prison and in the high school and in the college. And I ended up working for their legislature as a legislative assistant and public information and all kinds of craziness. It, it was just insane. But it was good. Wrote, it was good living. Speeches. Yeah, that's right. Went to Washington D.C. for the budget hearings. All kinds of crazy stuff, man. Yeah, he it got was, into politics. <laughs> I learned how crazy politics are. I learned that no matter what the level, 
it is insane and corrupt all the way up, all the way down, no matter if yeah. you're in mayor's office or, or white house, man. It's a but dirty business folks there, but Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's it, me, I didn't want to be in politics at all. And do you two stay in touch quite a bit? Pretty much. We, yeah. We hob and bob. We're in a constant stream. It's not like we call each other every weekend, but yeah, we're we always stay in touch. Mm-hmm. And I always make it a point to, to, to go to Mike's beautiful country getaway whenever I'm in Tennessee. That's always a must. Well, shoot, man. Talk about coming to the school and helping us out with the Big Head Project for our big 150th celebration. That's right. I was going to get to that. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I recently went back this fall and did an art project at, 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 at uh, Webb School. Mm-hmm. Where, where, as if you remember the movie, that's where we made the giant uh, Sony Webb puppet. Went back to that same uh, art department and we made some great big cardboard heads. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that the movie started, this whole cardboard head thing, you know. Uh, yeah. Now now it's a – everybody saw me making that cardboard head in the movie, and they thought – it's like I invented giant cardboard heads. It's not <laughs> like I – but it got attached to me, and now that's a school project that uh, everybody does. Yeah, Mike, we were well, talking earlier just about the the, the joy of, of just making things when there's no stakes. And that Lennon Johnson, like – that wasn't, no one got paid to do that. That mm-hmm. sculpture no. Lennon Johnson, that was just goofing off one day. Because yeah. we, we were both obsessed with LBJ. Yeah, and, it launched, and it's launched a million ships, you know? <laughs> it's like every week, every other week, either on Instagram or email, I get, I, I, I get uh, pictures from uh, art school teachers showing me their Wayne White head project, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just because of that spur of the moment decision to make that Lyndon Johnson head, which cost all of a dollar fifty worth of cardboard and hot glue, you know. And then there, there a, you go. That was also a big lesson though. Like like there was never any no's or questioning it. Like even okay, it's made now. What are we gonna do? Well, put on an outfit, let's walk to the top of the Hollywood yeah. Hills and yeah. dance around. Why not? <laughs> and, and that has that has sparked so many people all over yeah. the world you know <laughs> that's that that little two or three days of silliness well that's well that, uh, got that's us right. a, an award in the christmas parade wayne so thank you very much we got best walking entry in the murfreesboro christmas parade rock on buddy <laughs> yeah you better have those were great <laughs> well that 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 movie obviously it's the first thing i ever did and it's always gonna have a soft spot in my heart but it is it is humbling the reaction people have when they see it. it. I, I know I made it and I have to speak objectively about it because when people come up to me and they, they're they really like awestruck by it, it's, it's really incredible to, to talk to people about it. And not just because they love it, but also it does motivate people to go make things and go do things. I've heard so many people say I've painted that painting or I've done this thing. And I'm sure Wayne, you hear it every day. Oh, I get it all the time. It's like, wow, it yeah. really is it really is uh, something. And Mike, you know? I, I was telling Wayne, like when you when you make these things, you get to go do things and you record them and show them to people. And like going out to your property and being in that topless van riding up that hill, that, I'll, <laughs> I'll never forget that. And then watching your son shoot that can of gas <laughs> up that tree. <laughs> or, no, that's secret. That's secret special effect, man. Okay. <laughs> At least no. it wasn't thermite. 
that whole that whole uh, sequence when we went to see Mike in the woods, uh, people just love that. They love Mike. Yeah. They just we we just we really communicated something to people with uh, with our trip to the woods. It was fun. I want to come back. And you guys are welcome anytime. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, guys, so yeah, this, Wayne, how can, uh, let's, let's do the, the plugs and maybe people will listen to this. Mike, you're on Instagram and Facebook. How do people find you? I don't, I'm not really pushing myself that much. I mean, they can look, if they Google up P Michael Quinn, they can see my stuff. But honestly, I, I, I don't really push a big online presence. I just throw some stuff up there every now and then. You know, back in 2000, 2003, 4, 5 or something, I was trying to get on there. And then once it sort of opened up, I'm like, ah, it's, it's yeah, uh, yeah. crazy. And it, it becomes more work than, and, and I just don't like the pressure. But I put <laughs> stuff up every now and then. <laughs> and Wayne, you have, a, you have a huge following. Okay, step right up. Let me, let me give you the spiel. Uh, no, I, I like Instagram. I like to, I have, I'm on Instagram at, at Wayne White Arts, and uh, that's where I'm doing hopefully a weekly puppet show. I've got one in the works now. Hopefully it'll be out this weekend, the second episode. It's the Wayne, it's the WW Puppet Show at Wayne White Art, and I urge everybody to, to check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's only 30 seconds to a minute long. It won't take much of your time, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about about this and uh it's, it's given me a deadline and a structure and helping me helping me deal with all this when's, so, the, when's the next one happening i'm hoping this saturday uh okay so yeah i i say this because that puts a fire under my ass you know? <laughs> if you want to do something there. tell somebody you're going to do it you know that's <laughs> that's the way to do something <laughs> yeah well right. wayne i Tell you that is a really great sparkle to my existence to see that puppet show and to see that happening. So, I hope people keep joining in there. Thanks, Mike. I also want to include here. Mike is the reason I do puppets. He got me doing puppets when we were students together at Middle Tennessee State oh, University, and uh, he he uh, changed my life considerably. Well, Mike, thank that. Well, guys, thanks thanks for doing this. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, everyone go find Wayne White and P. Michael Quinn. And go see Beauty's Embarrassing. Why not? All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Good talking Thank to you guys. You. So that was P. Michael Quinn and the great Wayne White, my good friend who I love to check in with whenever I can. Um, check him out at Wayne White Art on Instagram. These puppet shows are amazing. And thank you for listening. Episode four is in the can. More to come. Uh, I'll be back next week. Thanks.